Hi everyone, I'm Amelia Quint, and you're listening to Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. First of all, thank you so much for listening to this very independent podcast. Everything about the show you're listening to right now is literally done in-house, from the music to the mastering. My husband, Zach, produces it at our studio in sunny South Carolina. So basically, the movie Only Lovers Left Alive is our real life. We're both career artists, or what you might even call content creators, in quotes, with YouTubes and social media communities that allow us to share ideas that are outside the mainstream, which is more valuable now than ever in our algorithm-driven world. So if you love astrology and magic and want to support a couple of independent artists living their dreams and opening people's minds, head over to patreon.com badastro and join us. Our circle is made up of smart mystics who are doing the same in their own communities, just loving the stars and each other. And you'll never cease to inspire me with your amazing questions and dedication to this craft. And obviously you get treats for being a member, like exclusive monthly forecasts, horoscopes, and Stellar School mini-episodes. We're about to dive into how to choose which house system you're going to work with, so if you're caught up between whole signs and Placidus, or you have no idea what any of that even means, don't worry, I've got you covered. Also, if you're considering starting up a podcast of your own and want all-inclusive production support to get the music and sound you've been dreaming of, Zach's books are open. Just email the show at badastrologers at gmail.com and we'll get you connected. Honestly, having a podcast is one of the most fun things you'll do, so if you're on the fence, I can't recommend it highly enough. And of course, be sure to follow at badastrologers on Instagram and Twitter to make sure you never miss an episode. Okay, so maybe you're wondering, where has Amelia been? I'll tell you. Here's the thing. Making good things takes time. It doesn't run on an elegant editorial schedule, and neither does life. This is something that my Venus and Virgo conjunct the midheaven self has struggled with massively over the years. I want to make everything seem as perfectly appointed and intentional as I can, even if I'm having a tough moment behind the scenes. And over the last year, those tough moments have run the gamut in my life. There was burnout from having an academic-adjacent leadership position during a pandemic. There was chronic health stuff. Don't worry, I'm okay. And then there was just the sense that it wasn't the right time to push forward creatively yet, and the ideas needed more time to gestate. One principle I have always held on to related to this podcast, and will continue to as long as it exists, is this. If it isn't right, I don't release it, period. I have to be completely certain that the conversation and information represents the best of what I have to offer and somehow brings a perspective that isn't out there yet. So I had this list of things I wanted to do next with the beautiful podcast that y'all have helped me build, and then I checked in with myself and realized that I had to take the advice I'd give to you or to one of my clients. I had to honor my intuition and give myself time to rest and recover in order to give y'all episodes you deserve, ones that push forward instead of just maintaining the status quo. So I did, and guess what, y'all? You won't believe what I've cooked up for you. I'm so excited. I'm going to be teaching my first astrology course, and I hope you'll join me. It's called Stellar Craft, and it's going to run from the equinox to the solstice. 
So if you've ever wanted me to show you step-by-step how I use the Stars for Magic, this is it. It's a 14-week intensive training that'll show you how to identify the intuitive gifts in your natal chart and put them into practice through lunar magic, self-care, and lots more topics all alongside a group of fellow seekers. I'll teach the rituals that have dramatically changed my life for the better, and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they'll do the same for you. We'll meet live on a weekly basis on Zoom, but you can also join via delayed viewing if you're in a far-flung time zone, and I know that some of you are. This is also a fantastic entry point if you're considering one-on-one mentoring with me so you can get an idea of what the experience feels like. So when this goes out, registration will be open. So head over to ameliaquint.com stellar craft to sign up. I can't wait and I hope to see you in the circle. So speaking of finding the perfect time to do your next big thing, I've been thinking a lot about time lately. When is the right time for a new release? Or what's the best strategy for timing things with astrology? And occasionally, when things get really weird, is time even real? You know it's a construct, come on. So concurrent with that, I keep getting these really excellent questions from my students and clients and listeners about what we astrologers call timing techniques. I'm using quotes. Um, It's really thrilling to me that we're in a place culturally where people are starting to ask about specific things like this, including progressions, perfections, and solar returns. So let's talk about them all. In this episode, I'm going to share my timing technique triple threat, and it's going to be big. It's a lot of information to cover, so grab a journal, and then sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and let's start the show. So to get us started, when we talk about timing in astrology, you might be saying, hold on, what the fuck is a timing technique? (laughs) So here's the thing. Astrologers love words. We love complicated words. This is what makes us good at describing someone's personality, vocation, or even aspects of their very soul in great detail. But at times, it can hamstring us when it comes to making what are actually really simple concepts easily understandable to newcomers. So in this case, a timing technique is literally a technique that you use to time something using astrology. It's that simple. You can think of these timing techniques as a layer cake on top of the natal charts and transits to it. They add additional levels of meaning, specificity, and understanding that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise when it comes to how events in your life will unfold and how your personality has evolved over time. So if you've noticed yourself taking on a trait that seems a little out of character or an event lands from out of nowhere and feels totally unanticipated and you can't attribute it to Uranus, of course, one of these strategies could be the answer. What all these different techniques have in common is that they correspond to one year of your life, each in a different way. So if it's your birthday or getting close to it, take some time to look at all three to get a holistic perspective of what's coming up in the next 12 months and how you can learn, grow, and embrace that. Or you can always let me do it for you. I've got a new birthday reading option where we go into all of them at ameliaquint.com slash book dash a dash reading. Okay, Let's get started with the lesson, shall we? 
The first timing technique we're going to talk about is called progressions. So you may have heard this called your progressed chart or secondary progressions. So this is based on the theory that for every year you're alive, your natal chart ages one day. So let's say that you're 33 years old. Your progressed chart would be the chart for exactly 33 days from when you were born. I've always loved this idea because while there is so much beauty in the idea of the natal promise, that's the natal chart holding the same meaning for your whole life, I've always thought that it only makes sense that we'd grow and change over time, and that should be reflected in our stars too. The idea that one thing explains your destiny forever <laughs> reminds me in middle school when people would write in each other's yearbooks, don't ever change. Um, I found it really absurd. I mean, I hope you'd change from when you were 13. I'm sure that in the same way, there are parts of you that are essential, that have stayed the same, and always will, maybe certain talents or values or just ways of showing up in the world. But how they express themselves through the years is different. And that different shows up in your progress chart. So my advice for looking at the progress chart is this. Don't let the experience get too granular, at least for a while. Um, some astrologers are experts in this, they mine those charts for every specific detail. But in my experience, just checking out a few key points from your progress chart can give you a huge amount of insight without additional stress. So here's what you should look for. Essentially, when a planet or point, so that would be maybe the ascendant or midheaven, progresses from one sign to another in your progress chart, that heralds a big shift or transition in your life. The one that's most commonly talked about is progressed moons. So just in the same way that the moon will change signs around every two and a half days, um, in the progressed chart, the progressed moon will change signs around every two and a half years. And it's a really lovely way to really tap into the emotional lessons that you're learning um, we all go through different phases with different needs where we, uh, we require different kinds of nourishment. Different things feel comfortable and good to us, right? And the progressed moon can really point that out. It's kind of a uh, cosmic mood ring or, or mood shift, right? So let's say your chart doesn't have any Leo in it. And then all of a sudden you have this Leo moon in your progressed chart. Um, you might find yourself deciding to suddenly wear a infuse your wardrobe with a bunch of bright colors or take on really visible creative projects that would have been intimidating to you before. Maybe you find that you feel more comfortable in the role of a leadership position um, instead of your usual behind-the-scenes life. So that's a progress moon. I really recommend going to see where your progress moon is. It's really quite simple. I recommend astro.com. Go to astro.com, extended chart options, and from the chart type, just start typing in uh, progress chart and you'll see it. Pick that one and then check to see where your moon is. Um, and then, of course, consider where that sign falls in your natal chart and how that's going to shift your feelings. So for me, I'm Sagittarius rising. Leo is the ninth house. Um, and so that means that I'm going to require a little more adventure, a little more exploration and just time for curious fun. 
Okay, next up, the progressed sun is obviously a huge identity shift in your life. Um, just like the sun moves roughly every 30 days, um, around every 30 years, your sun is going to progress. And that is a huge shift in your identity. Yeah, how you identify yourself and how you show up in the world. Just your whole self-concept completely shifts. So um, if you think about it, maybe you are a Libra, right? Um, very Venus ruled, very concerned with art and beauty and balance and harmony. Well, when your uh, sun progresses into Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars, you may suddenly find yourself quite more comfortable with conflict, with um, a certain level of ruthlessness that may not have shown up on your chart before. And if you think about the progression from one sign to another, it's like the progression through the astrological seasons. It points out seasons of your life, right? You move from this very Venusian season to the Mars rule. You you have to learn to take on those more um, assertive, confident qualities in order to become a well-rounded and balanced person, right? Okay. Another thing to look for in your progress chart is the angles. So when I talk about the angles, I'm talking about the ascendant, midheaven, descendant, and IC. So your progressed ascendant, um, that will be a big shift to the way that you present yourself to the world and how people perceive you. Um, I often notice that it, it corresponds to a big shift in style, like personal like how the wardrobe that you choose, the way that you construct the self with the clothes that you wear. Um, for example, when my uh, ascendant progressed from Sagittarius to Capricorn, I found myself going from a more, oh, I guess what you might call boho look, um, more shopping at the hippie store to um, more of a style uniform, more of like the the white button down that's a staple of like Frida Kahlo and Patti Smith and so many others, right? It's same vibe, but but put together differently. So do take a look at your progressive ascendant and see, um, yeah, just see how it's reflected in your style. And then of course, the progressed midheaven, if you're looking to see when significant career changes might occur, um, that will absolutely point out a time when your prof your professional path could be at a massive crossroads. Um, another example from my life, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, um, a couple years ago, my midheaven progressed from Libra to Scorpio. And I noticed this night and day difference. Um, I got my start, as I mentioned on the Venus Sign Style episode, uh, writing for a lot of fashion and beauty publications and doing a lot of work writing about um, the intersection of the stars and, and wardrobe and um, just different looks. And it was so much fun, very glamorous. And then all of a sudden, my uh, mid-heaven progressed to Scorpio and it was so different. Um, people just, I went, I accidentally became like quite a public occultist um, and the really like intense aspects of my work came to the fore. Um, the, the really heavily researched um, and magical aspects came to the fore. I also noticed people reacting to me differently in like a public situation, right? If you have a Libra Midheaven, um, it's kind of like Libra rising. People just are like, they 
they love you they're nice to you um and then with scorpio i do notice a lot of celebrities that have this uh scorpio midheaven you can have like a strong cult following but it's definitely a polarizing not for everybody kind of vibe and it, it definitely was that and it was an adjustment but once i realized how my strengths had changed i could really embrace them and love them and i don't know maybe like live deliciously a little bit more <laughs> um so do take a look at where your progress midheaven is and see if it corresponds in your life to any significant uh changes to your vocation um you know obviously planets can progress to new signs and those will show you shifts related to those things for example um i'm about to have my progress moon move next week from leo to virgo um, and then six months from then, my Jupiter retrograde will progress from Gemini, where it's in detriment, to Taurus. And then basically after that, I'll be unstoppable. <laughs> um, once my Jupiter is out of detriment, it's over for everybody. But I'll report back on the show. I'll let you know how it feels. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. So your progress chart can give you something to be excited about. If you feel like you're changing, you're peeling back the onion layers of your life and you're kind of in one of those, um, do you ever feel like you're in this metamorphosis and you're like the snake shedding its skin? If you've ever seen a snake shedding its skin, it's kind of like awful and itchy and it's not having a good time. And yes, it comes out like beautiful and gleaming, but um, yeah, the progress chart can show how, when you're in those in-between shedding states and when you really have like emerged in this very special way. So um, I also recommend taking a look to notice if a progressed planet is making a conjunction or other aspect to one of your natal planets. I tend to look mostly at the conjunctions, although the others will be um, important as well, especially uh, outer planet alignments, which are going to take a really, really long time to unfold. Um, these can show areas of opportunity or challenge depending on how they're aligned. For example, my progress Venus is approaching my natal sun, so we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping it'll be sweet. Um, one last thing on progressions. One thing I've observed in my practice is that the orbs on progress aspects, what I mean by that is um, the amount of distance between planets for something to actually make a difference. We usually want planets to be within 10 degrees of each other in modern astrology. I like an even closer orb, like maybe closer to five degrees um, to count, right? Um, I've noticed that the orbs on progressed aspects to the natal chart seem pretty tight, like very, very tight in close to exact you'll get a really big boost or flashpoint moment when the exact uh hit happens but otherwise it's something that remains pretty subtle and kind of like under the radar so keep an eye on that it will be different than interpreting a natal chart it might not be as loud or or it might i don't know experiment with it write about it in your astrology journal and let me know how it goes okay let's talk about perfections Perfections are a technique that have gotten really popular with the renaissance of Hellenistic astrology. I love perfections because they're straightforward, super easy to use, and pack a massive productive punch. You'll hear them referred to as a Time Lord technique, which sounds really cool and vaguely like a Marvel twist ending. It's a fancy phrase, and I promise I'll explain what it means in a minute, but first, let's go over the whole concept. You'll mostly hear perfections talked about as annual perfections. If you've heard people mention their perfection year, 
This is what they're talking about. So let's demystify it. The short version is this. Starting from the very moment you were born, every year of your life corresponds to a house of your natal chart, with birth through the initial year of life aligning to your first house, age one with your second house, age two with your third house, and so on. So you look up the house of your natal chart that corresponds with how old you are. It's an easy Google image search, and credit to Joe Gleason for the one that stays saved in my phone. So you got it? Let's say you're 32 years old. That's a ninth house year. So you can expect transits through that house and issues related to it to be more pronounced. So for the ninth house, that would be things like expansion, education, and exploration of all kinds. So the next step is you look at your ninth house and figure out the sign and the traditional ruler of that sign. We're not using modern yet. If you're a Sagittarius rising, your ninth house would be associated with Leo, which is ruled by the sun. Therefore, the sun would be your time lord and you would be in a solar year. So for that entire year, the activity, influence, and overall vibe of the sun will be enhanced in your life. It really comes into the spotlight. Not just because it's the sun, of course. Aspects to the sun, both natal and transiting, will point out key moments for your year to come. It also highlights what we call that planet's condition, in quotes. So basically, the aspects it's making, are they friendly, are they more challenging, and if that planet is in a traditionally comfy place to be. So for the sun, um, maybe if it's in Leo, um, that might be a more traditionally easy go of it, depending on the aspects, of course, than Libra, right? Um, if it's all sextiles and trines and the planet's exalted, you can expect a truly spectacular year. And maybe if it's in its fall and making tons of squares, you'll have more challenges. But what I really adore about this way of doing things is this. First, it really forces you to get fully acquainted with every area of your natal chart over time, piece by piece. It's this amazing tool for self-reflection and a cosmic mirror that shows you who you really are and your relationship to each part of your, your birth. Um, second, it's nuanced. So maybe you're having a Mars year, which would traditionally be a malefic, but friendly Jupiter is there natally or by transit. So it's complicated. It's especially true for folks right now that are experiencing Aquarius years because both Jupiter and Saturn are passing through. And if all of that wasn't enough for you, you can also do monthly perfections, which I've been playing with this year and really, really have enjoyed. Basically, you take one month from your birthday and count forward for each house, right? So your birthday and 30 days beyond it would be your first house month, the next would be your second house month, and so on. Um, you'll notice that when you're in the same perfection month as your perfection year, shit gets really, really real. Uh, that happened to me this year. Things really got exciting uh, during that moment. So I want to add another layer of complexity to this. Of course, it's bad astrologers. What did you expect? Um, <laughs> so while this is definitely a traditional method, I think you can learn a ton from blending it with modern astrology too. So adding the outer planets to the mix and the goddess asteroids especially. Um, I started flirting with this concept during this year um, 
it's me. I'm people. Uh, I'm the one from the example. Um, I'm in a solo year, ninth house year, and I don't really have anything going on there except Juno. And it really has been a time of focus on creative collaboration with my partner and husband. Um, it's been amazing. And that really piqued my interest to say, okay, how does that potentially change the meaning? How does it give more layers? And I have made a perfections worksheet that I've used to work through and really notice, you know, because this is a cycle and it's something that you'll go through every 12 years, you can see, okay, what happened the last the last two times this occurred, right? And and reflect on how those themes might be evolving or how you might be even more deeply learning those lessons. So I'm going to post that perfections worksheet on Patreon um, along with a few other resources. And I hope that you have a lot of fun with this. I hope that it really just expands and opens your astrology practice in a massive way. Alrighty, the third and potentially my favorite is solar returns. So you've probably heard of a Saturn return at this point. This is like that, but for your sun. So once a year, the sun moves back to the exact same degree to the minute that it was at the time you were born. And the chart for that instant is essentially your chart for the year to come, for your birthday. Um, it's a cipher for the kinds of events, opportunities, challenges, and transformation that you'll experience. So I adore solar returns. They're really, really accurate in my experience. So. I'll find that you sort of take on the qualities of that chart for a year, which can be both wonderful and infuriating depending on the cards you get dealt, so to speak. Let's say, for example, that you have Venus in Libra, which is amazing, exact on the Ascendant, which was in mine. Um, it was magical. It was like the meme. It literally cleared up my skin. Um, but what if you have Mars retrograde on the Descendant? which I also had, you kind of want to claw your eyes out when it comes to interpersonal interactions, but at least you look good doing it. You're getting the idea now. I kid, of course, but it is best to take a balanced approach to the chart and look at it as a whole instead of stressing yourself out over one single thing, right? Some years are better than others. No shit, right? We've really all been through it in the last 18, 19 months. And the solar return chart really reflects that, right? And it also reflects the fact that not every year is about outer striving, right? So if you have a bunch of personal planets retrograde in the solar return, maybe it's time for you to go within and heal and know thyself. So much like the progress chart, I find it best to keep it pretty simple, though I do add a little bit more complexity here. Here's how. So main points to keep an eye on um, that are really not dissimilar from reading any other chart. First and foremost, what's the ascendant? And then what is the chart ruler doing? Um, your ascendant will absolutely shift the way that you show up in the world for the coming year, right? If you shift from, let's say, having a Libra ascendant in your solar return chart to an Aries ascendant in the solar return, you might go from being... A completely conflict averse, depending on your natal placements, of course, to suddenly having this urge to not seek out conflict, but have necessary assertive conversations that you've been putting off. 
um, you might also notice your style and just general focus in life changes too. For Libra, maybe you put a lot of focus on glamour and beauty and art, and then suddenly with Mars, you're ready to bring it back to the body. You want to get into the gym and fight someone in a, in a good way, and you find healthy competitions to join. The next thing to look at is what's the moon sign and house of the solar return chart? Um, the moon sign is, as it always is, the emotional core of the year, right? How are you going to be processing your emotions from birthday to birthday? Um, and it can really be an important tool for determining what your best options for self-care are what inner issues you're going to be working on, and also just what's going to make you feel comfortable, right? Like, what's your comfort zone this year, and how is that different from other years? It's also just a sort of generalized focus there. So, um, of course, which house of the solar return chart is the sun in? We are talking about the sun after all, and things related to that house will be emphasized. Um retrograde so not necessarily uh, outer planet retrogrades i'm talking about personal planet retrogrades in the solar return chart are really really important they're not something to freak out over so consider this um mercury goes retrograde for a third of the year about um so that means like every third year you'll probably have mercury retrograde in your solar return chart it's nothing to lose sleep over it's just a way to amend your focus right so mercury retrograde is actually stellar for artists and poets and people that want to communicate differently for spiritual people who want to um really go on that psychopomp journey and um explore the cosmos for um learning new ways of communicating and healing your past patterns with other people um it can be really powerful uh, it can also be great for editing and, and changing and amending things um other retrogrades obviously would be venus retrograde um i find this is just a personal observation i do find venus retrograde years to be almost spiritual like that venus energy is sublimated into finding a connection to creativity or even goddesses or something like that it's really about learning to love yourself not in like a millennial pink way but in a way that is deep and profound and um and beautiful and mars retrograde there's a whole episode about what i think about mars retrograde mars retrograde management i'm not gonna rant about mars retrograde here but um if you have mars retrograde in your solar return chart um i have noticed i have it this year i only have a couple <laughs> only month and a half to my birthday and i can't wait but i've noticed it as cosmic senioritis is what i would call it is mars is your motivation um and if it's retrograde any Mars retrograde is you really reflecting on what is my motivation for doing this? What gets me out of bed in the morning? So if Mars is retrograde, potentially you've come to the end of a cycle uh, in your life related to what does motivate you and you've just had it. You're, you're looking at the uh, class bell and you're like, come on, let's go. I'm ready to walk across that stage. So um, that can definitely be a piece of things, but it can be good as well. It can be a time for... Um, powerful inner healing around trauma and your own anger and things of that nature so 
Next, of course, um, look at natal transits, like big outer planet transits that are sort of uh, heavily pointed out in the solar return chart. So maybe you are among the fixed sign folks who are having that um, Saturn Uranus square ping your um, natal placements. Um, that would be something to pay attention to. Is that something you're going to be carrying throughout the next year? And then, of course, any very close aspects, especially if there's something like zero to one degrees, that is going to be loud and it's going to be an important lesson um, and area of focus for the year to come. So once again, uh, one way that I learned a lot about solar return charts is my Venus and Virgo self made a spreadsheet. I did. I made a spreadsheet that tracked um, every single placement um, the house and then what years were similar that way it's searchable and I can see like okay what happened when I had Mars retrograde for example the Mars retrograde senioritis thing I've only ever had it one other time in my life and it was when I was literally graduating high school so um, it can show you really interesting patterns and I highly recommend doing it I could turn it into a worksheet so if that's something you want it's at bananas let me know and I'll add it to the patreon as well um, I do think that sort of retrospective astrology is what I call it. That mining your past for information that you can use to support your future is such an amazing tool and I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay, so another timing technique that you will probably hear about is called zodiacal releasing. Notice that I didn't mention zodiacal releasing and here's why. It is incredibly complex. Um, there are plenty of resources online, the Astrology Podcast, to teach you about what it is. Um, essentially, it, it breaks your life down into specific time periods, like a cosmic CV or resume, right? And it shows you um, this is the period where you were at this cosmic job, and, and it, it points out areas that are considered peak periods, and then of course rising and descending periods, and it shows you when you might peak in life and when important things might happen to you. Um, and then it breaks those sections down into smaller sections, showing the important dates related to that. Um, I have used it. I don't personally use it in consultation um, because it feels incredibly overwhelming as, as a concept, right? I think that leaving space for the power of synchronicity and surprise is really important and philosophically looking at something that's going to show you potentially everything that happens to you, it feels like um, looking, I'm an experienced uh, mystic and looking at it felt a little bit like 2001 a space odyssey at the end, just like the guy in the helmet and lights passing across it, so... It's also just very, very complicated, um, and there are people who are experts in it who really use it in a kind, compassionate, and caring way. Um, but for me personally, I find the the timing technique triple threat of um, progressions, perfections, and solar returns to be a really nice, balanced, in-depth way to go into it without trying to um, pinpoint specific dates um, too much and to really allow room for the universe to, to do what it's going to do and carry me forward. Okay, so we did it. We went over all three, and it's a lot of information, and maybe you're still wondering, 
so I get it, but when is the right time for me to make my next move? How do I use this to do that? And I just wanna tell you that I hear you. All of this is infinitely complex. And the thing is, if you're trying to find the perfect time, it's totally impossible. You won't be able to. Ultimately, the only answer to the question is, when is the right time is when you're ready and you'll know. So when you think about it, there is no perfect moment, right? Mars and Saturn and the outer planets are all going to be challenging you somewhere. And you're always going to be untangling the threads of the more difficult parts of your natal chart, right? But there will also be gifts from the benefics. It's always going to be a magical balance and that's okay. So that doesn't mean that you do things like um, sign a bunch of unnecessary contracts during Mercury retrograde. But if you listen to your intuition, you'll do just fine and the timing will be divine. So thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, truly, you were the absolute best. I am so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you have made this show what it is. And I'm just, uh, I'm so glad to be back. I have lots of things to share in the near future. And I'm so glad that spooky season is just around the corner. So take care of yourself, be patient with timing, and have a wonderful week.